0: Welcome to the Alpha Ministries podcast. Alpha Ministries is a recovery church whose mission is to teach individuals, institutions to recognize and apply the gospel of grace, building stronger families and communities. Today's podcast is sponsored by TJB Web Media, a New Jersey SEO marketing, WordPress web design company for businesses, churches, and nonprofits. It is ranked number one in Google for New Jersey SEO company and internet marketing companies. Check out their information in our show notes. Today's podcast is part 11 of the Walking Backwards series. John has been teaching on Sunday mornings at Church in the Woods at Freedom Ranch. Today's topic is Walking in the Light. Without further delay, here's Johnny. Here's
1: Probably the most important concept in living out your Christian life is how to listen to God. What's He telling you to do? Now, we emphasize that all the time, but she gets down into, into the practicalities of that in this course and also you know, gets down to the details. And I think it would be very, very beneficial To those who are interested in hearing from God. And by the way, I've told you this before, you don't have to be worried about listening to God. Did you know that? You don't have to worry about what He's got to say to you. Because what He's got to say to you is good news. And I guarantee you that. All right, we're going to get into our study here again. We're studying concepts out of this book that I'm working on called Walking Backwards. Walking Backwards is just kind of a catchy little description of how backwards the Christian life is. If you want to receive, you got to give. If you want to live, you got to die. Right? The Christian life is totally backwards to the natural life. And part of that we began to study last week is John's description of walking in grace and truth like Jesus did. His description is in 1 John. Well, there are several different ones, but the one we're looking at is in 1 John, the first chapter. He calls it walking in the light. Now, I would like to give a little quiz today. And I'd like to pass out Paper and pencil. So that each one of you have one. And I would ask you to write down your definition of walking in the light. But I'm afraid to. The reason I'm afraid to do that is even though we discussed it last week, some of you weren't here. And the ones who were here have slept since then, so you've probably forgotten it already. I was telling somebody, I think, probably my wife on one occasion when she said, you keep going over the same stuff again and again and again. And I was telling her, well, you know, the way I see it, if you cover it one time, you get about 80% of the people. If you cover it two times, yeah, you might get 60%. In order to get 100%, you know how many times i got to cover it? Man, it's a bunch. It's kind of what Paul wrote to the church at Philippi when he said, to write the same thing to you over and over again is not grievous to me. It's not a hassle. It's not a hassle to repeat the same information, the same truth over and over again. But for you, it's needful. And that's what we're going to do here this morning. We're going to look at again at John's description of this supernatural lifestyle of grace and truth and probably one of the most key areas. And that's what he describes as walking in the light. Let me just read the verses to you first so you have the context. In the first chapter, kind of breaking into the context a little bit, in verse 3, he says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ and these things write we unto you that your joy might be full that's good news what he's fixing to tell us is really good news and it will cause your joy to be full this then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie. And the truth is not in. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we say that we have not sinned we make him a liar and his word is not in us now What John is describing here, I've told you in general terms, is the way we are to walk. That is, the way we are to live our lives on a daily basis. And he describes it as two options here. Either you can walk naturally in darkness, or you can walk supernaturally in light. Actually, to define that a little more in detail, You can walk and live out your life totally blind. Can't see a thing. Or you can live out your life seeing everything in vivid colors. You see, what John is talking about in this contrast between walking in darkness and walking in light is what we defined last week very simply as a contrast between a natural lifestyle that we were born into and the supernatural lifestyle that God offers us now. The natural lifestyle in darkness means we don't know who we are. We don't know where we came from. We don't know what our purpose is here. And we don't know where we're going. That's a pretty miserable lifestyle, actually. Because it causes us all kinds of problems. Because we simply don't know. Walking in the light means we see things, including ourselves and other people around us, just like God does. When we walk in the light as He is in the light, we can see things the way they really are. We can see reality. Now, His vision of reality and our natural vision of reality are two different things, right? We're told that God's thoughts are way above our thoughts. That He is beyond our understanding. And that it's impossible for us to truly know Him without Him enlightening us through His Spirit. That's the natural lifestyle. But now John is writing to people who have been born again. People who have received the light of life, as he described back in his first letter of his Gospel. People who receive the light of life, who receive Christ, are given the power to be called the sons of God, the children of God, and they're born again. So what is he talking about here when he talks about if we say we have fellowship and walk in darkness, we lie into not the truth? Early on in my ministry, I thought walking in darkness might be something other than what I discovered here. I didn't know what it was for sure, but I knew it didn't sound good. right? Walking in darkness doesn't sound good, especially when you contrast it to walking in light. And so I tried to figure out what walking in the darkness was, and since God is light and in Him is no darkness, I figured, Walking in the darkness was sinning, not walking with God. And I, I had a lot of problem with that. Because my whole effort as a Christian, as a new Christian, was to quit sinning. Now, if you've had that goal, spiritual goal, of not sinning anymore, you understand how frustrating it is when you keep on sinning, right? That's a real bear. And I thought that what John was talking about to walk in the light was I quit sinning. But then in verse 8, as we just read, I would arrive at my goal, I'm not sinning, and say I'm not sinning, And what does he say in verse 8? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Which is a sin? So I began to question, what is this business of walking in the light? What are you talking about? Now, I understand that, we've got to go back and understand what happened to you when you were born of the Spirit. When you were born of the Spirit, God created you, the person you are, a brand new person in Christ Jesus that's holy and without blame before Him in love, that is righteous with the righteousness of Christ. That brand new person is who you really are from God's point of view. Now, you've heard me say, and I like to spring this on folks from time to time, that you're no longer the same person that you've always thought you were. Did you know that? No, you're not. You're no longer that same person that was born into this world as a natural descendant of Adam. That's not you anymore. That person, according to the Scriptures, was crucified with Christ and buried with Him and replaced by a brand new person which was raised up in Christ and seated in the heavenlies. Now, how does this apply to us? What, is, what do we mean by that? It means, basically, you have a new identity. You're a brand new person. In the Alpha series, I start out the whole series with this question in the first chapter with, who are you? And I present a little information from... A psychologist, an old psychologist by the name of Carol Rogers, which says who you are is answered as three selves, basically. Your three selves. So you got an idea of who you are based on your experiences as you grew up in this world. That's your self-image. That's how you've always thought of yourself. That's the self that you're always thinking about. Now... If you're honest, you're always trying to improve that self as well. But then there's also another self that Rogers identified, which I simply call the way other people see you. The image that other people have of you. Now, have you noticed that those two are not always the same? Yeah, there's a little overlap between them, right? If You think of them as circles and one overlaps the other. So there's a little degree of overlap between them, but generally speaking, the way you see yourself is radically different than the way other people see you. My test for that was actually recording an outgoing message on my phone. Did you ever do that? Record an outgoing message and they tell you play it back to make sure it's right. You play it back and you wonder who's talking. Who is that? Why is that? Because the way you hear yourself is different than the way others hear you. Which is one of the reasons I can't hardly stand to listen to my own tapes. Or even worse, watch the videos. (laughs) That's bad. Anyhow, the way you see yourself and the way other people see you or two different things. That would be complicated enough. But Rogers also introduced us to another self. This he called your real self, implying that you don't really understand who you are, really. And other people don't understand who you are, really. And in his psychology, he's trying to help people, he said where you get your your peace and joy and comfort comes from the fact that these three selves overlap each other, okay, and they get together. Hence the phrase get yourselves together. Okay. We're not into that. What I'm into is you recognizing that real self. Because if you recognize that real self, If you know who you really are, then your image of yourself will begin to line up with that real self. And as your image of yourself lines up with your real self, other people begin to see you as your real self. And it gets together. Now, how do we know who we really are? Well, we've got to consult the manufacturer, right? we got to ask the One that created you. What does He say about you? He says basically that you, jumping ahead here, applying the Gospel, you, because of what He's done, are no longer the same person you've always thought you were. You are a brand new person created in Christ Jesus. I'm going to simplify this message today as much as I can and just tell you that walking in darkness is when you do not see. You are blind to the fact that you are a brand new person. And you do not see, and you're blind to the fact that that new person you are is still living in a mortal sin-cursed body that has indwelling sin in it called the flesh. Also, we have a tendency to underestimate the power of the flesh. So, here's a picture I want you to have in your mind. You are a brand new person created in Christ Jesus. And that brand new person is inside of you. You all realize you're not your body. Okay, that's that's the vehicle. There's a person inside your body, right? And that person that was in your inside your body to begin with as a natural descendant of Adam was crucified, put to death once and for all and buried with Christ so that a new person could be raised up with Christ and take its place. So I want you to get this picture in your mind. Here you are living in the same body that you were born with, but you you're a brand new person inside but you still have all the habits, all the coping strategies, all the memories of the old person you were. Now, follow me on this. That's called the flesh. So you're a new person living in a physical body with the flesh. Now, what's so bad about the flesh? Well, last week I shared with you Romans chapter 7 where Paul giving us his testimony After 23 years as an apostle of Jesus Christ, writes in Romans chapter 7, what I do, I don't understand. Because when I want to do what's right, I can't do it. When I want to quit doing what's wrong, I do it anyhow. What was he saying? I had this conflict inside. I want to do right, but I can't. I want to quit doing wrong, but I do it anyhow. Why is that conflict there? Because the new person you are is at war with the flesh. Now, he goes on to describe that conflict in a very intimate way. He's saying, now then, if I do what I shouldn't do, I don't want to do. If that actually happens and I do what I don't want to do, It's no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. What? Now, be honest with me. Doesn't that sound like a cop out to you? Hmm? Yeah, if I do that which I would not, I don't want to do, it's no longer me that's doing it, but sin that dwells in me. That sounds like a cop out. We touched on that last week, remember? We touched on the fact that it's a it you may use it as a cop-out, but it won't change. It won't change anything. If I break the law and they catch me, arrest me, I can tell them now it's not I that did that, but sin that dwells in me. But it's not going to change the fact that I broke the law, is it? And so the officer that arrests me says, okay, I understand it's not you that did it, but sin dwells in you. So I'm not arresting you. I'm arresting the sin that dwells in you. Your flesh. Well, the problem with that is we're together in the same body. So if He arrests my flesh, I'm going with Him in this body. So it's not a cop-out. Well, what is it then? If it's not a cop-out, what's Paul trying to get across to us? He's trying to get across the fact that you cannot fight your own selfish, self-centered flesh. You can't do it. See, the most... The best way I can describe the flesh without getting into all the works of the flesh as Paul does is just to tell you it's selfish. Okay, that's all it thinks about is itself. So when you're all the thing you're thinking about is you, that's the mind of the flesh operating. It's not only selfish, but it's hedonistic. What do I mean by hedonistic? I mean it's constantly looking for something to make itself feel good constantly, no matter what it is. So there's nothing good about the flesh as Paul goes on to say in that same context in Romans 7. He said, now then there's no more I that do it, for I know that in me dwells no good, that is, in my flesh dwells no good thing. That flesh is not good. It's got its own mind. It's enmity against God. And it's living in the same body with the new person I am. Now, I know that might sound a little complicated. I know it might sound to you a little, little too complicated to be practical. But far from the truth, that's far from the truth. Because when you understand what we're talking about here, what Paul mentions in Romans seven—that you are not your flesh. That's the first understanding of the gospel in reality. You are not your flesh. In other words, you are no longer the same person you've always thought you were. When you begin to understand that, you begin to see what God has done for you in Christ you couldn't do for yourself. And the light of the gospel, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, Begins to shine in your life. So you're no longer walking in darkness. You're walking in the light. Everybody follow me on that? I know it's a little complicated, but I want you to stay with me because this is important. Walking in the light then, as John presents it here, means that you can see things the way they really are, especially yourself. Well, how am I really? I'm a brand new person created in Christ Jesus. Yes, I know that. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. That's who I am. But I'm also still living, that new person I am is still living in this sin-cursed body that's growing old and going to die because of indwelling sin. Both are true. you got to hang on to both to walk in the light. If you let go of one or the other, you're going to be in darkness. See, there are those folks who, because they've never heard or they just haven't paid attention or denied the fact that they're a brand new person, there are those folks who say, no, I'm not a brand new person in Christ. I'm still the same old person I've always been. Nothing happened to me. Nothing changed. I'm the same old person I've always been there are those people that deny the truth of who God said he made them be in Christ they fall off into darkness then there are those people on the other hand that say because of their religious performance and maybe uh, they've had a, a good string of religious per- performance in which they you know they haven't done any really bad sins or any sins that nobody could see they say well I don't have any sin. You lie and do not the truth. You're in darkness. Here's what it takes to walk in the light. What it takes is you've got to see both truths simultaneously. You've got to say, yes, you are a brand new person created in Christ Jesus, but yes, you still have a nasty flesh living in this body with you causing a conflict that you can't handle. That's what Paul arrived at. Now, when you're walking in the light like that, John gives us a, a tremendous promise. Verse, verse six, there he says, "If we walk in the light as He is in light, the blood of Je- we have fellowship one with another, meaning us and God are sharing, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His sacrifice on the cross." keeps on cleansing us from all sin. So walking in the light doesn't mean you don't sin. Walking in the light means you're trusting Jesus to continue to cleanse you from all sin, even though you've been born again. Now let's exam let's let's give you an example of that real quick then I'll quit. On the night before He was crucified, Jesus met with His disciples in the upper room and the very first thing He did, very first thing He met with them that they were going to receive the Passover meal, but the very first thing He did after the meal was to lay aside His outer garments, take a towel, gird Himself with that towel, get a basin, fill it with water, and He began to wash His disciples' feet. You all know that story, right? And I want you to look at this in particular. I'm going to try to save time by jumping to the key issue here. In verse 6 of John chapter 13, he says this. Then, well, let's back up. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. And to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter. I call Simon Peter Brother Mouth because he was always opening his mouth and sticking his foot in it. He came to Peter. And listen to what Peter said Peter said unto him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? No, no, no. You don't need to wash my feet. You're the Lord, you're the master. You shouldn't be doing this. Listen to how Jesus answered him. He says, What I do, you don't know now. But you'll know about it later. Later on, you're going to know it and recognize it. So Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet." Oh no. You're not going to wash my feet. You're not going to act like a common house slave when I know you're my Lord. So Jesus got a little sterner with him. He says, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. What's he saying? If I'm not continually cleansing you, you don't have any part with me which freaked Peter out. So he said, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. In other words, do me all over. And Jesus said to him, now this is where it gets technical and you'll have to stay with me on this. He that is washed, that word translated wash is better translated bathed. He that is bathed all over needs not except to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and you are clean, but not all. Now get this picture in your mind. It's, you know, of ancient Rome. You got, didn't have bathrooms and bathtubs in the houses. You know, they had a central bathhouse, and you go take a bath, and you get washed, and you're bathed, right? But on your way home, you're walking through those nasty streets and your feet get dirty. So the very first thing the house slave did when you walked in the in the house was to wash your feet, wash your feet off. It was a common experience. Jesus used that common experience to illustrate what he was doing to his disciples. And later on as he follows up, he says Do you see what I've done? I've given you an example. As I have washed your feet, so ought you to wash one another's feet. Now what's he really talking about? What's this what's this picture of? It's a picture of him dealing with your sin, washing it away. You've been bathed. You've been born again and you created a brand new person, but you're still living in that same mortal sin-cursed body and you still have the presence of sin that you're dealing with. Who's going to take care of that? Paul said, I can't do it myself, even with my own willpower and knowledge of good and evil. It's too much for me. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ. That's who's going to deliver you. That's who's going to wash your feet. That's who's going to deal with your sin problem. That's who's going to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Now, when he came to that, when you come to that conclusion that Jesus is washing your feet on a daily basis, you come to your conclusion. That Jesus is the one that has to deal with your nasty, self-centered, hedonistic flesh that we all have. And by the way, there isn't one flesh better than the other. Well, I suppose you you might have your preference, you know. When you compare people's flesh, it's kind of like comparing horse poop to cow poop to dog poop to cat poop. There's a difference. Believe me, there's a difference. And you might have a preference of one over the other, but it's all poop, isn't it? Hmm? We've all got the flesh. And we all need Jesus to cleanse us from that flesh daily. Walking in the light means you recognize that. You recognize you have the flesh that needs to be cleansed. You also recognize at the same time, that you are a brand new person created in Christ, holy and without blame. When you see both sides, you're walking in the light. Famous preacher Charles Spurgeon said in a different context, I'll use the same analogy though, in a different context, he said this: You got two eyes, man. Use them. See both sides. Are you a brand new person created in Christ Jesus, holy and without blame? Yes, you are. Do you have a nasty, sin cursed flesh living in the same body with you that needs to be dealt with by Jesus? Of course, you do. You got to hang on to both, and you're in the light. Now, walking in the light does something else, of course. It's not, and we'll get into this next time, it's not just simply to relieve us from the guilt of sin in our lives that's not what he's telling us about here what he's telling us walking in the light for is to set us free to quit worrying about our stinking flesh quit worrying about your sin problem quit trying to cover it up like city kitty litter and be honest about it pam mentioned this a while ago in the 12 steps and you all know my take on the 12 steps. It's the way you live out the Christian life in grace and truth is according to the principles of those 12 steps. The one we're specifically talking about here is the fourth step in which you make a fearless moral searching inventory of all your character defects, of all your wrongs. What's that talking about? Your flesh! Now in order to be able to do that, You have to have the courage that comes only from recognizing that you are not your flesh. That you're a brand new person created in Christ Jesus. When you recognize that, you can get honest about your flesh. And when you make that inventory and you share it with God and another human being, then you are get ready to have God remove it from you and to cleanse you. Why is He doing that? To prepare you to be able to relate to others in a healthy way. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean love them. To prepare you to be able to love other people just like Jesus. He's going to have to deal with your flesh. You're going to have to get honest about it. Because, you see, your flesh doesn't want to deal with other people. It wants to control other people. It wants to manipulate other people. It doesn't want to love other people. Your flesh never has wanted to love ever, other people. Ever. And it's not ever going to want to love other people. So what does God do? He says, listen, you guys chill out. I'm going to deal with your flesh. You walk in the light here and watch me deal with your flesh watch how i deal with it i'm going to change you from the inside out dealing with your flesh by my grace watch me now when we walk in the light we are simply watching him deal with our flesh a good example of that is when we find this character defect or this fault that we have let's say it's resentment or bitterness anger or hatred towards another person, and we see that in our flesh, what's our responsibility? Try not to hate them? No. Our responsibility is to tell God. Why? Because we're walking in the light. Father, do you see this mess? Do you see how ugly this is? This hatred I have? I don't want it. That's not me. That's not the new person you made me to be. Please get rid of this. And he does. He's faithful, meaning every time. He's just because he paid for to send it away, forgive it, and to cleanse us, keep on cleansing us from all sin. You see, it's his job. Our job? Walk in the light and trust him. That's it. Walk in the light and trust Him to deal with it according to His plan and His power for His honor and glory. When we do that, we have and begin to experience when John called here that your joy might be full. Because you don't have to worry now about yourself. You see that God's got it under control. You see that He's going to take care of you no matter what. So you don't have to worry about yourself. You are now free to care about other people around you. You're free to actually care about them and their welfare. You're free to love others like Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we come into your presence right now thanking you for the privilege we have of knowing your light. Thanking you for the experience of walking in the light as you are in the light. Father, we thank you for your power and your majesty in dealing with all issues that we face in the flesh. And we ask you, Father, to continue to give us that awareness, to open our eyes to your truth about who you've made us to be, that we might glorify your Son, Jesus, and we might love others. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Appreciate y'all being here. Have a good day. Walk in the
0: light. Thank you again for listening. If you want more access to Alpha Ministries teaching, you can like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and visit our website. All times and dates for services and other events are on our website listed in the show notes.